let's explore how to navigate Apple Vision Pro. So this is the home view of Vision Pro. The home view is where you access all your apps and experiences. Anytime you want to get back there, just simply reach up with your right hand and press the digital grill. This one? Exactly. You navigate using your eyes, hands, and voice. You simply look at something and tap your fingers together to select. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing the photo right now. It's like right there. <laughs> it's just this huge thing right here in front of us. To make the photo bigger, simply look at the corner and pinch and drag. Wow, this is amazing. Welcome to Cargo Cult. Welcome. It's me, Naomi. And it's me, Michelle. <laughs> First quick Neuralink update, since we're all Neuralink experts now, uh, Musk has now claimed that that first Neuralink trial patient can already move a computer mouse with the brain. He said, quote, patient is able to move a mouse around the screen just by thinking. Do you want to do that in his voice? <laughs> I don't think I've mastered the Musk uh, accent. It's not easy. First Neuralink patient can... <laughs> Terrible. There's really not much more information. All we have again is an Elon Musk tweet and all the reporting about his claim that a patient's able to move a mouse around the screen just by thinking basically just says like, there's no video evidence, there's no white paper, there's no company statement. Yeah. Uh, where is the proof? You know, he's probably not making it up, but it is just weird that he can't wait. Yeah, he's like, the brain chip works. Of course, a lot of doctors are coming out and saying, like, we're really concerned about the patient because of all the monkey deaths that happened before, the Great Monkey Massacre. And having a brain move a mouse cursor is not that new. Yeah, that happened in 2017, right? Yeah, and the part of the brain that controls movement is it has been isolated. Even in the 60s, you had electrodes implanted on the heads of cows and monkeys and they could easily control the movement of those animals we would hope the Neuralink chip implant would be able to do the basic yeah i mean if it's true what elon says then they're just on par with what already happened in 2017 which is when a human controlled a cursor mentally and typed out sentences AT&T outage affected more than 74,000 customers. In some cases, people couldn't even call like emergency services. Yeah, my Verizon crapped out and I just sat on my computer and refreshed the page yeah. for an hour. What else can you do when the internet's out? Read a book? Come on. Obviously, we have theories swirling about possible cyber attacks and like probably wasn't. And if they do come out and say that it was, that's probably going to be a lie but it still highlights the general vulnerability we have. Um, maybe not necessarily by a quote unquote bad actor or some evil foreign power, just in our ability as a society to connect with each other, we are dependent on these private corporations. And that in itself is scary. It's very normal now. 
but you know it's scary the fbi and the biden administration had been intimating that this shutdown was because of like a cybersecurity threat and all the companies are like no at&t was like no this had something to do with our like system updating that we fucked up they said quote based on our initial review we believe that today's outage was caused by the application and execution of an incorrect process very vague and they're also giving every customer five dollars i mean like for for a while the feds and the national security state have been and and the republican party uh, middlemen as well have been like kind of priming us to expect a chinese cyber attack this is something that marco rubio has been at the forefront of you also have washington-based uh think tanks that coincidentally take money from like weapons contractors and you know companies that stand to profit from a lot of war like who also are constantly warning about chinese cyber attacks on u.s infrastructure this is the new russian hacking fear mongering mm. is basically the yeah. chinese cyber attack but what's funny is like we just like did it to ourselves <laughs> we just fucked it up ourselves because they're just like whoopsie you didn't even need russia or china to come and interrupt anything i mean it would be great if they could interrupt the fucking award season it's like have there always been this many fucking awards i feel like it's every fucking day since when have you been paying attention to that shit it's all against my will <laughs> is it tiktok or twitter what it's all of it it's just like how many fucking award shows are there and like my friend was like oh this is just award show season but it's like i feel like it's been like three months of this already i i have not been paying attention that's something that i like i immediately just like glaze over and don't intake any information when somebody talks about an award show or i see right. any content so i'm like that's the move i'm that's so move. uninterested maybe i'll like watch the nominated films and stuff but that's that's the extent of it it's just Crazy. like enough it's like what what are we doing so uh president she save us from ourselves <laughs> why don't we start out by talking about the apple vision pro okay one of the biggest tech launches of our lifetime right whether we like it or not and whether it's perfected or not it's a prototype of the perfected version we're going to see later. It's really like the company vision. Instead of them putting like their mission statement and their vision statement like in their website copy, they're giving it to us via a big product launch, right? They're giving us this framework through which to think about the future because now whether we know it or not, Apple has influenced how we're thinking about what the future of computing might look like, which is like you know, screens floating in the air, augmented reality, mm. your physical surroundings being augmented with this digital component. Apple, remember, they don't want you to think of this as a headset or a VR product. They want you to think of this as a new kind of computer, a spatial computer. The headset is almost like a middleman. The headset, there's some issues that have come out, right? Like apparently there's an issue with the spontaneous cracking of the front screen. You don't even have to drop it. Like it just cracks. Apparently, like customers are saying they discovered like a mysterious crack in the center of the headset, like where the third eye would be. But that's what can be approved upon. The headset is just the middleman to the long-term vision of augmented reality for the company, right? And this is what we're buying into. Yeah, it's coming soon. And this first iteration, they kind of don't even care how much it sells. Even if it does sell what they projected to sell, that's like barely 1% of their annual revenue. Like, yeah, 
they're doing this, in my opinion, not necessarily to sell this product, but to kind of get everyone asking the question, is this the future of computing? They're getting people excited for it, even if it's a negative type of excitement, like fear. Yeah. You know, but everyone is getting excited about it. Yeah. Augmented reality. You could be living in your own reality. The 49ers could have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> the Gaza could actually be flourishing and, and not destroyed at all right now. Yeah. yeah in my headset, Palestine's winning. So yeah. so you got to try it out huh? without did. spending $4,000. No, I just did the demo at the Apple store. And basically you sit down the whole time and the employee has a script and they basically walk you through the demo, just like any product demo, right? It's very contained. The employee is not like really flexible. And, and, and I can't just like put on the headset and explore and like kind of go to what app I want to and do whatever I want. Mm. I have to kind of follow the order of what the employee is telling me to do in the official demo. But because I kind of knew these guys. Of course. <laughs> A couple of them like came to hang out and then the guy who I'm like really friendly with was like, I'll do it with her. I'll do it with her. And so we had a more casual demo. I stood up and walked around like and I was asking questions and I was like, you know, being really annoying the way that I am because I hate this. Yeah. Um, when you walk around like you feel the cumbersomeness of the cable when you're sitting down, like you don't really notice it. Well, yeah, the little battery pack that it has. Yeah, the part that's in your pocket, but then the headset is heavy. The cord is mm -hmm. pulling down. If you, I want to move my arm around, it's like, oh, oh. For me personally, even if I, I wasn't like politically against it and like had all these dreadful feelings about what the future of society looked like, I wouldn't even be interested because it made my head hurt, like made my neck hurt. It does look like it would do that. So it's heavy, right? Because it's it's aluminum and a glass pane instead of plastic, which gives it a quality feel. But it also kind of affects the user experience because it's heavy. There's two ways you can wear it on your head. One is like the single loop headband, which is basically like this. Mm hmm. And then there's another one, which is one that's like this and one that, that's like this. So I'm sure with the double strap, which I did not get to try, it's like a little bit more comfortable and like easier on your neck. But it doesn't make sense to like kind of go out in the world with it. Like we saw a lot of content creators making videos, doing stuff outside and like walking around. And it's like kind of gimmicky, like all these things we've like never skateboarding and driving. Yeah, and they're basically these, like, doing performance things. art because they understand how the internet works. But really, this is like a tool to get work done or to watch a movie. Yeah. Because it's, it's literally all around you. I mean, definitely for my boyfriend who wants to watch like several football games at once, it would be a game changer for him. Literal game changer. <laughs> for that use case, it works. Like as an external screen, it does that perfectly. The screens themselves are obviously extremely good. It's no contest between Meta and Sony. I have tried both of those headsets on now and I can say that. The screens that are, by the way, centimeters away from your eyes. So by screens, you mean the windows that pop up? Well, there are screens in the goggles. Oh, okay. It's called pass-through augmented reality. You know what augmented reality is, mm -hmm. right? If I'm sitting in front of you, I'm not seeing you. I'm seeing a stream. The video cameras on the outside of the goggles are capturing. It's like a two big TVs on your eyes. And then the other small annoying thing is like you can't rearrange the apps on the home screen, which really surprised me. But again, yeah, this is like the first prototype. It's going to be easier on the eyes, easier on your neck. It's going to be it's going to be smoother later on. This is really the first 
iteration that they kicked out. I'm so glad though that my friend that worked at the Apple store like saw me and took over and we had a more casual experience because the official demo, they take you to photos and they show you like, here's what a 3D photo looks like. And like, okay, that's impressive. And then they take you to Apple TV and they're like, you could watch Dune. And it's like, okay, yeah, like love the idea of watching a movie in 3D. Also the lady that originally was doing the demo with me had such depressing and draining energy. I can't believe she was hired <laughs> for that role which is so customer facing yeah i thought you would have to be like really bubbly to get a job at apple maybe i could do it then anyway i really didn't like her no <laughs> charisma if you're out there listening to this wretched vibes. you're not a good salesperson another thing i found really annoying about the ui is that um when you're on a computer you're not necessarily looking where your hand is typing hitting enter hitting backspace on something like you're not looking yeah. at the key the whole time you want to be kind of moving forward, doing other things. Yeah. Same thing with clicking. But with the with this new spatial computer, you have to look at everything you want to do. So if I just want to like delete a few lines of text, I have to literally look at the delete key while I hold it down the entire time. Yeah, it's like less productive than using a laptop. Yeah, it's not faster than just like getting work done. I mean, what it what it is great for is watching a movie. For sure, it's going to blow any sort of TV experience out of the water because the screens are, again, centimeters away from your eyes and the display is really great. And, you know, you're not dealing with glares. But in terms of getting work done, I can't. I can't see it make sense for that. And also, it's not super good in low light, which is something that I had to kind of find out myself. Like, that's not something you would have found out during the demo because you're in the Apple showroom, which is like probably one of the most well-lit facilities in history. You, you mean it's like not good in low light, like you can't see through the ski goggles? Well, you're not supposed to see yeah. through the ski goggles at all. The only thing you're seeing is the screens. I thought you can you don't see get it. through them. No, there are cameras capturing your surroundings. And then those surroundings are being shown to you on a screen. Oh, wow. Pass through augmented reality. We just went over this and I guess I'm uh, not explaining it well. You're watching screens. Yes. yes You're not yes. watching anything else but screens. Okay. I get okay. it. I get it now. It just seems like there's some things that your eyes can do that Apple is trying to do as well. And... It seems counterproductive. And it's like, it's the obvious point to make, but like, this is going to collect more data than any other personal device in history. It's 12 cameras, six microphones. It's building these maps of our homes. It's collecting data on how we move our bodies. It's collecting eye tracking data, which is actually very valuable. You can tell a lot about what a person is thinking and feeling through micro expressions, right? Reasons to not spend $4,000 on it. Yeah. But actually, you're kind of bringing up a good point because for a lot of content creators, it makes sense to spend the $3,500 because they're going to make that back and then some in the revenue share that they do by making these viral videos about the Apple Vision Pro because they're like capturing the zeitgeist of what everyone's like searching for and wants to see videos on. So there's this social science theory called the diffusion of innovation theory, which was developed by a guy named E.M. Rogers in 1962. He first published this when he was an assistant professor at Ohio State. Uh, actually, this is where the term early adopters comes from. He actually hmm. introduced this term. But basically, he says that there are innovators, early adopters, the early majority, the late majority, and laggers. So if you picture a bell curve, it starts with the innovators, 2.5%, the early adopters, 13.5%. And if you add that up, it becomes 16. Hold that thought. 
the early majority, which is 34%, the late majority, and then the laggards, which is 16%. So it's this bell curve where you have kind of the early majority and the late majority splitting the middle part. And then in the beginning, you have innovators and early adopters. And then at the end, you have the laggards. I wish he would split the the section called laggards into two things so it'd be more even, but whatever. I feel like I didn't explain that well. Do you see what I'm saying? No, no, no. I, I understood. I'm a lagger. Something like augmented reality, I'm probably a laggard too. I'm probably a laggard too. But anyway, so he published it as a book. And this theory is widely accepted in technology adoption studies. And Apple intentionally pitches to innovators. They kind of position themselves in the market as we're talking to innovators right now, right? And and we saw this uh, with the iPhone. Revolutionary mobile phone. This is one device. And we are calling it iPhone. Today, today, Apple is going to reinvent the phone. At launch, the iPhone was more expensive at $599 and could do less than the existing smartphones. So it was more expensive and less capable, right? But still... People lined up for it and people got really excited about it and the whole world was talking about it because they intentionally marketed it as this is something for innovators. This is something who want to be at the beginning of what's going to be a new era. And I think it's the same thing happening with the Vision Pro. More expensive than existing headsets. And because Apple positions itself as introducing us to as, as like this introduction to the future, you have content creators essentially doing free marketing for Apple. Apple doesn't need to pay people to, like, I just watched this thing on Hulu called BlackBerry. Did you see it? Mm-mm. It tells the story of the BlackBerry. I had one. <laughs> You're <high>. Gen Z. <laughs> I had several BlackBerries. I remember BBM came out my freshman year and we were all like, Wait, can you BBM me? Did you BBM me? <laughs> That's so funny to think about now. No one says. Wow, you you're ancient. Me? BBM. <laughs> so anyway, in in the BlackBerry Hulu piece, BlackBerry supposedly had people go to country clubs and, you know, the restaurants that power lunchers would go to. And like these people's jobs would be to talk and be on the BlackBerry, just like get the BlackBerry out there to show like the business world. Like this is the phone you need to be doing business. But it's interesting because Apple doesn't need to do that because of the nature of the content creation economy right now. Creators will not only do it for free for Apple, but they'll actually pay $3,500 to do it, right? Uh, tear down videos, review videos. Then there's the short form virality bait. You have people doing performance art on the street. You have people doing sketches with it. The vlogging channels, like I survived 50 hours in the Apple Vision Pro, right? Creators know that they're going to get attention by talking about the Vision Pro which is already valuable to them. But on top of that, they're going to monetize that attention. The revenue share from making, say, a YouTube video is certainly going to exceed the $3,500 upfront cost. And then for those who are already established, like tech creators with audiences, they're, I mean, they're expected to have it on. It only makes sense if you're a, if you're an influencer to get this thing, really. If you're not filming yourself using it, then why did you buy it? It's like the world almost like stops for tech influencers when a launch like this happens because it's like, here we go. Like, I'm going to make my entire annual salary like in this week if I do it correctly. Right. Because if you can go successfully viral, then virality can bu boost the viewership into your library. And so it just makes sense for creators to do this. 
everyone is searching for information about the Vision Pro, they might find you as a creator and like you. All of that is to say, you wouldn't get that if Apple just came out and said, we have a, a headset and this headset's going to compete with the MetaQuest. They're saying, mm -hmm. no, welcome to the era of spatial computing. <laughs> yeah. This is the future of using a computer. Yeah, I thought the ad that you sent me was really interesting. The way they imagine the use cases. A father is like preparing breakfast for his kids and working with some kind of blueprint and moving around objects. Because like, you know, those precious 15 minutes you're preparing breakfast for your children could be used for work. So it's like all those moments where you are not working, you could be working. That's what the Apple Vision Pro is for. Yeah, or like I could be like, hey, let's watch a movie. And then we both put our things on. <laughs> you take your headset off for like a second and you see me like pinching and you're like, are you working right now? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, we said we'd watch this movie together. Yeah. And the other thing is like, we're all in our own little bubbles and world because of our phone. But imagine how much worse it's going to be with the Apple Vision Pro when like you literally have these screens in front of your eyes. Yeah. I mean, we're just like losing the community in every way. It's important to note, yeah, that a lot of the new technologies that are coming out. It's increasingly isolating people. Like everybody's going to have their own Apple Vision Pro. Everybody's going to, uh. you, you won't need another person. Like it's just more and more isolation yeah. is what the future will hold. And uh, to the point where people have been buying this adult swaddle, which is like a full body basically like a sleeping bag but it's tighter so it feels like you're in the womb and it, it promises better sleep for an anxious person oh this is not what i pictured at all oh wow uh you know what no offense i was an innovator with this one i was not a laggard with this one i did this with my circle scarf in middle school yeah you could have gone on shark tank and <laughs> and said i could cure everybody of a bad night's sleep do you remember the American apparel? Nylon. Sorry to interrupt, but let me keep interrupting. Do you remember the American apparel? Oh, it's nylon? Fuck that. It's not even a natural fiber? I don't know. I was assuming it was nylon. What's the price? It's like a hundred bucks, but it compresses your body. Everyone's in their own little world. Pretty. It's pretty grim. You have the dad who's totally occupied by working and barely interacting yeah. with his children like i'm you can spend even less quality time with your kids <laughs> yeah you your kid will think you're hanging out with him but you're actually watching porn in your headset right now yeah you could be playing catch but really you're just like <laughs> feeling breasts on the <laughs> yeah apple vision pervs where did <laughs> you know like these children are just gonna grow up without parents Clearly, they want this to be like a personal thing because it calibrates to you, to your eyes and your head, right? And then if I want to take it off and be like, hey, take a look at this, it's not going to work because your eyes are in a different place and all of that. You have to like redo a calibration. Ooh. I'm assuming in the future they're going to tie it to like your Apple ID. Like you scan your eyes and then, okay, they know this is Naomi Caravani's head, mm. which I mean, great. Yeah. <laughs> like it's... <sighs> Your nightmare, your personal nightmare. The person who goes through TSA and asks to not go in the blender machine 
takes extra time. You know that I do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Who I'm, I'm describing you. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking in abstract. <laughs> Guess who this is? <laughs> we ever fly together somewhere? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Germany. So I personally held you up. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry. laughs> Berlin. Oh, Berlin. How long ago was that? And Miami. We flew together. Oh, yeah. Years. Sorry about that. There's also speculation that um, Apple CEO Tim Cook might retire soon in an article from 2021. Basically, like the foremost Apple reporter, this tech reporter named Mark Gurman was quoted as saying, quote, the belief inside Apple is that Cook just wants to stick around for one more major new product category, which is likely to be augmented reality glasses rather than a car, something that's even further out. He also understands that running a Silicon Valley company is typically a young person's game and he's not going to stay far beyond his prime. This guy's like, you know, broken the news on every major Apple hardware product and software release. Like he's mm -hmm. like the Apple reporter. So I don't know, like people are speculating that like Tim Cook is going to leave soon, which is sad because he's a gay tech CEO. We don't have a lot. Yeah. Of <laughs> we need more representation. But anyway, so Tim Cook probably, you know, wants to leave with kind of like this being his legacy. What's the deal with Tim Cook? I don't even know much about him. He's been around for a while. He joined Apple in 1999. He was the senior vice president for worldwide operations. And he kind of made a name for himself, closing factories, closing warehouses, replacing this with like contract manufacturers. So classic, quote unquote, good management under capitalism is like you bring costs down, you bring profits up. <laughs> Suicide nets up. Get back in there. Come on. <laughs> Um, in 2007, he was promoted to lead operations, and then he eventually, uh, you know, stepped in as CEO. Actually, when Steve Jobs was still alive, but when his health was, like, failing. When he was trying to cure his cancer with smoothies. <laughs> Put his pancreas in a bowl of rice. I mean, I can't even imagine what it must be like to be kind of like living in Steve Jobs' shadow every day of your professional life. Doesn't he dress like him? No, he, I've seen him in suits and ties and polo shirts. I think Steve Jobs was just black tea. Black turtleneck. I hate, I think we need to go back to fucking CEOs wearing suits and ties. Lean into the fact that you are corporate executives. Stop dressing like you're homeless. Stop dressing like you're normal. Like you're one of the most powerful men on earth. Behave like it. Own up to it. Wear a fucking nice suit. I would like to be oppressed by someone that at least looks good. Yeah, um, somebody who doesn't know how to tie a necktie is <laughs> controlling our future. Yeah, or like the Bill Gates sweater rebranding. Like, I'm so over it. I want to see my evil tech billionaires looking like evil tech billionaires, please. want to see the suits and suits. But anyway, so Tim Cook, this analogy is like for one person listening to this. But if you're out there, Tim Cook is like the Peter Martins of apple anyway to tie up the apple vision pro apple vision pervs okay the pinching and the scrolling with the hands and the eye tracking that is impressive from a technical standpoint but i don't fuck with that and i don't think that having screens in a headset is actually that innovative or interesting um but just to become a traditional tech podcaster for a second i just want to say that i think the samsung transparent like micro led screen that they just debuted is really cool it's another way of kind of getting to that endpoint of augmented reality. But instead of having something on your head acting as the middleman between reality and your eyes, it's actually out there in reality. And you have like, I don't know, a fish tank or a YouTube video or whatever. What is that thing? Sony. Uh, it's the Samsung transparent micro LED screen. At CES this year in January, Samsung rolled out the world's first transparent micro LED 
display. Transparent screens have been around already, but Samsung says that this one is much brighter, the images are more clearer, and obviously the glass is more transparent than the current technology that's out. Hey everybody, I'm here with Samsung and here's- Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Okay. So micro LED displays, in case you haven't been paying attention, you Samsung uses in their massive wall size television, oh, basically nice. millions of tiny little LEDs, super bright, great picture quality. So now, they're making a transparent version of those screens. So the idea is you look through the screen and you can see whatever's behind it. And meanwhile, what's on the screen is brighter with better color than what you get from other transparent technologies, namely transparent OLED. So transparent OLED has been around for a while. It's a little bit dimmer from- We're the getting in the weeds here. And yeah. it's not that kind of tech podcast, you guys. I don't <laughs> even know what OLED stands for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're out of our depth. I would love a transparent TV though. Yes. What's the worst part of having a TV? It's when it's off, it's ugly. ugly. I want a TV that effectively disappears when I'm not using it at my house. I feel like that would be so nice. And you could even at that point, you could have it in the middle of the room. It doesn't need to be against the wall. Yeah. I also, I think it's really cool that they're like frameless. But also a projector is cooler. Yeah, but the display is not as vivid and also it's less impacted by ambient light. So anyway, I prefer this because it's not on the body and also probably a little bit of Korean pride as well, even though obviously these are multinational corporations. <laughs> Anyways, so we should move on to Sora. This is OpenAI's little child. Chat GPT wrote all those essays and cover letters and resumes. Now they're coming for video. These videos were created with text prompts and there's no kind of uncanny valley effect. It came out a bit earlier than NYPD could have at least faked a better dance team video. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does look like stock footage to me. A lot of yeah, this stuff. That's exactly what it's going to be. Maybe it's going to replace the stock footage industry. Like, but I think it's like my mind immediately goes to war propaganda or like atrocity propaganda that's that's AI generated. But yeah, there is kind of like a feel of stock footage. Of yes. Like, this is staged. The Sora model can create videos up to 60 seconds long, either using text instructions alone or text combined with an image. You know, of course, the better the prompt, but the better the output. But we can't test this out for ourselves yet. So we kind of just have to assess this based on the examples that OpenAI gives us. And I'm sure they're giving us the cream of the crop, right? You know, they're not, they're going to give us the best examples of this technology. And people are commenting on how amazing they can change the depth of field and the lighting. And so like video games tend to have like an engineering system built in. So like the software kind of understands the physics of what it's doing, but these videos are based on learning from other videos. What vi kind of videos? Shutter. They have like a licensing partnership with Shutterstock. That's all we know, really. Um, they're probably scraping other videos from the web. So we're not really sure what Sora is learning from. Here's Paper Birds. I think we got Woolly Mammoths, Mo Movie Trailer. Got some landscapes, got some animation, sea creatures made out of paper. And this, somebody put a side, side by side of like the actual Shutterstock bird. 
this video was based on and it's not exactly the same but it's not as amazing when you see it this is the cool thing the pirate ships in coffee in a cup oh. of coffee well the side issue reminds me of like it so it sounds like you know it's pulling from shutterstock and possibly other stock footage libraries that reminds me of the New York Times lawsuit. Basically, New York Times is suing OpenAI for copyright infringement because the New York Times is like the single biggest proprietary data set that is being used to train GPT in the complaint, which was actually filed on my birthday. Oh. The New York Times lays out the side by sides of like uh, ChatGPT's responses and the New York Times articles that they clearly drew from. Did you see the Gemini news that like... Google's AI product that does text to image, text to audio. They like had a diversity problem, so they fixed it. And now they're apologizing for having diverse groups of Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the cast of Hamilton as Nazis with. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So Gemini is Google's generative AI, text to image, text to audio. So you prompt it with the text and. Google has apologized for what it describes as inaccuracies in some historical image generation depictions with its Gemini AI tool. So people are expecting that they can have some modicum of accuracy when it comes to generating historical fact-based images. And mm. it looks like a, a group of Nazi-era German soldiers came out as people of color. Future liberals want yeah this is they're trying to say like the ai doesn't have a, a bias problem look right. at how much diversity we have like right. every group of people is going to look like a community college for sure i want to and... know what the prompting was because could have just been like show me people in nazi uniforms and like then gemini did exactly what it was supposed to do or they could have okay, so, uh generate an image of 19 43 german soldier uh okay. we have wrong <laughs> we have asian oh, we have shit. well we have one kind of german looking guy and then an asian woman <laughs> a black guy <laughs> clearly an ss officer we're aware that gemini is offering inaccuracies in some historical image generation depictions we're working to improve these kinds of depictions immediately gemini's ai image generation does not generate a wide range of people and that's generally a good thing because people around the world use it but it's missing the mark here good spin good spin good spin <laughs> i got hit on by a gemini yesterday actually at the grocery store oh yeah the fact that he um asked me what my astrological sign was like within the first minute of talking was already a sign that he probably wasn't for me but I really funny i mean the way you said i got hit on by a gemini well it's like one of the only things i know about him I honestly, I, I don't have anything against astrology. A lot of my friends are really into it. And I actually do believe in the larger astrological shifts. Like I was just talking about this with Jenna the other day, but I just don't think we would have been a match based on that. Anyway, people were really impressed by these Sora videos, which, you know, I'm somewhat impressed by, you know, I can't say that I'm, I really understand. I don't think the company really understands the mechanisms that are going on here because there were some quote unquote hallucinations that you would find in chat GPT, like the machine would like spit out nonsense sentences and not make sense. And there were videos that Sora spit out that were also not making sense. 
there was like a cup spilling, like elements disappear. Sometimes people, you know, float under the horizon. So it's, it's, it's not totally perfect, but it's like a giant leap forward in what text to video was last year. That's the word on the street. Mm. Twitter. Basically, OpenAI says that Sora can generate complex scenes with multiple characters, specific types of motion, and accurate details of the subject and background, and that the model not only understands what the user has asked for, but also how those things exist in the physical world. So if that's actually true, it means that Sora would not do the Nazis of color. If Sora, quote unquote, understands what Nazis are, then they wouldn't do that unless the prompt was, hey, show me a black Nazi. I mean, there were tons of times when I was working at Redacted when I'm just like, can I? I wish I could just type a thing in and it, and make it, it happen. Yeah. And it didn't seem like far fetched as an idea to have that like for stock footage. But uh, yeah, it is so funny that they put out one minute videos and people are like, the movie industry is over. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you saw Tyler, what Tyler Perry did? Yeah, with um, Tyler, but also, yeah, just like the nerds on Twitter, the AI nerds on Twitter are like, the movie business <laughs> is finished. Like, look at this one minute video. And it's like, okay, we've been dealing with a lot of high concept, high quality one minute videos yeah. for a long time that have not yeah. been produced by Hollywood. <laughs> so. And so, I mean, of course, part of the demo is to have sample sizes that are small, but, uh, you know, what's going to create the most hype? One minute videos. It's like perfectly inserted into social media mm -hmm. and people are going to share them and be like, whoa, look at this. Look, it can hold your attention for 60 seconds. That's because that's really all you have. This is going to be for stock images. When you're looking for stock footage, most of that stuff is like 60 seconds or maybe it's like three minutes, maybe. But like you don't want to show the same clip for more than two or three seconds anyway. So it'll be I'm sure we're going to start seeing video essays lined with Sora B-roll on YouTube this year. Yeah. I it's basically like an elevated version <laughs> of Dolly. What'd you say? I would have loved to have it when I was doing packages. I was looking for so much <laughs> stock footage. We had such a limited library. Yeah, but so the Tyler Perry news. Tyler Perry was planning an $800 million expansion of his Atlanta studio, which would which would have added 12 sound stages to his 330-acre uh, property. But apparently, after seeing the, the power of AI, and specifically after seeing OpenAI Sora and its outputs, he put those plans on hold. Like, okay, we'll take it with a grain of salt. Maybe he put it on hold for other reasons. Financial reasons, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it sounds like it was a really expensive project. But anyway, so he did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, and he said, quote, being told that it can do all these things is one thing, but actually seeing the capabilities, it was mind-blowing. I no longer would have to travel to locations. If I wanted to be in the snow in Colorado, it's text. If I wanted to write a scene on the moon, it's text. And this AI can generate it like it's nothing. If I wanted to have peop two people in the living room in the mountains, I don't have to build a set in the mountains. I don't have to put a set on my lot. I can just sit in the office and do this on a computer, which is shocking to me. So... If yeah. you are in the set building industry, the um, you're a PA, you're a location scout, uh, apparently you are sitting ducks, according to Tyler Perry, and you should start looking for another job. But on the other hand, so many movies are shot on green screen anyway. And I, I think we're a long way from 
that being true. I mean, you could make a movie with quote unquote AI videos right now. Would it be good? That's a, a point of opinion. But you technically could do that today. There's a couple that exist, yeah. Like, okay, we could say it's good because, oh, now the regular Joe can compete with the millionaire Tyler Perry. And, you know, we both have access to this technology and I can make a movie and he can make a movie. And it's like, technology is the great equalizer, yada, 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 whatever. I kind of see the point there, even though I think it's stupid. There's kind of a sliver of a point there. Maybe we'll see a little bit of that. But what we're definitely going to see is like propaganda wars being heightened. Fake, capabilities yeah. of with these deep things. fakes yeah. oh with deep fakes yeah, yeah yeah deep fakes if convincing versions of them don't already exist they certainly will soon we already have uh ai voice cloning and that's pretty sophisticated already so yeah. like, combine that with the fake video it's like a whole new frontier of propaganda yeah so many people are getting scammed by their dead relatives calling them and asking for money. I mean, and that's been around for a while. The like phone scams like, Grandma, I need money. Send it to me. But now there's fake videos and fake images all over Facebook. And like the old people are falling for it in record numbers. AI art has like taken over Facebook apparently. And I know this because people are making videos about it and posting them to TikTok. <laughs> like like someone will post like amazing photograph and then you'll just get all these people going like, wow, like, you know, engagement bait basically. But what is it like a puppy inside a lion's mouth? And they're like, here's some house. examples. Oh yeah, like undressed celebrities. Pay close attention because all of these images are completely fake. They're designed to get you to like their post, to comment and share and drive traffic on their posts so they can build up these Facebook accounts. And what they're doing is they're using images of things like Jesus, of people who are poor, starving, hungry, to prey upon the sympathy of people who don't know it's fake. It's actually unbelievable how many likes, the, comments, Look at the baby and the dog. Posts. <laughs> so fake. Look at the hands on this dog. Got over 120,000. Yeah, you oh, look closely at these photos. You'll notice things like cats in water that just don't make sense. Dogs made out of completely fake Legos. So, yeah, like he said, it's all to just drive engagement and get people to follow these pages. It's just like, okay, those examples are kind of harmless, but if people are falling for that, they have the ability to fall for other stuff too. Like, is it perfect? No, but also. Is the perfect version going to get released to the public? No, I'm sure the Pentagon has the perfect version, you know? Yeah, what was that sure. plan to, like, do a hologram Jesus? Oh, oh Project Bluebeam? Yeah. Insane. Let me find something to review. They could have the Messiah come back and... It's what? like to abolish He's the religion. real prophet. Jews, Muslims, give it up. <laughs> Christ is here. Maybe that would be the uniting force. Okay, so according to the Project Bluebeam theory... uh. This is a reliable source. This is all that's interesting.com. Let's move to a different. <laughs> um, you got to type in your question and Reddit. Reddit. As uh, we'll get to later. Well, that's a good segue. So I thought I was the only investigative genius who would Google my question than the word Reddit. But it looks like Reddit is way more valuable than we thought. So Google cut a deal with Reddit for AI training data in the sum of $60 million per year. Some people say that that's even undervalued because one of the last places on the internet where there's so few bots is Reddit. 
where so many of you know except the, the actual bots on reddit except yeah, there there are bots on reddit but they're easily located and um downvoted by the real human users who are very active and you just know if you're looking for the right answer for something or for serious discussion also on reddit the bots are called you know always sunny in philadelphia bot they're upfront about being bots like reddit honestly kind of pioneered the bot stuff yeah and especially the internet at large because of chat gpt and these ai models there's so many just articles that are written by the machine and yeah and you have of course all these news sites dying and uh you know vice is going under and a lot of news sites have stripped their their staffs and so there's just less and less information that's being created by humans and so you might be googling a subject and you'll just come across so many inaccuracies because it's an article is written by chat gpt there's just websites that create articles just they you know find a celebrity write biographies that are totally inaccurate you can't even find the height of a dude anymore it's just all bullshit out there except for reddit yeah and this deal with google is gonna let uh, Google train its AI models on Reddit content and also improve services like Google search. It's especially kind of a big deal. I mean, it's a huge deal for Google because they're getting all this information to train its models on. It's also kind of a big deal for Reddit because right now they're preparing to IPO. They're going to list their shares on the New York Stock Exchange really soon. And by the way, this IPO is going to be uh, the first time since 2019 that a social media company has premiered on the stock market. Reddit's kind of like almost like the last one to go public, the last of the big ones. Much has been said about how like Reddit is just a better source of community than Twitter. Now that Twitter has been overrun with bots and Twitter, everyone on Twitter is just trying to engagement farm because you can now get paid. I just hope that that doesn't shift because often when a company goes public and then it becomes beholden to the uh, stockholders, you start to see social media platforms, you know, try to monetize every aspect of itself. Oh, no, that's so sad. So get your get your Googling in now. Get your uh, Google Googling with word Reddit in. Plus Reddit. <laughs> yeah. My vacuum cleaner was like clogged and I was like, oh, no, am I going to I didn't know it was clogged. It was just like showing that the bag was full. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to throw this $300 vacuum cleaner out. Like, what the fuck? And I just searched on Reddit and somebody was like, no, it could be just clogged. So you were I in mean, like R slash vacuum? Yeah. <laughs> I just Googled it, my vacuum cleaner. And yeah, the bag light coming R slash shark? R slash Dyson? Where were we? It's a meal. R slash meal. Miele. Nice. My vacuum cleaner can suck a fucking dick. Um, <laughs> I do not recommend it. What do you have a Dyson? No, I don't. I don't want purple in my apartment. Okay. I'm a crazy person. I need everything, especially appliances. I need them to be like stainless steel color, like silver or maybe white, all white or maybe all black, but nothing else. Maybe a nice gray, but like it has to be the right gray because I live in a studio. When something's in my house, you see it everywhere. You know what I'm saying? I don't have like a room or a closet to tuck things behind. So kind of everything has to look good together. That's smart. And then you decorate it with colors instead of getting items with colors. But you're a true New Yorker. 
all black. Will they be able to monetize Reddit? Who knows? Oh, I'm sure they'll find a way. But when they try to monetize, it's going to definitely shut down that NSFW subreddit. And Redditors, the power Redditors, the all-knowing wise men on the internet, or women, or non-binary people, they said this is the beginning of the end. In this Verge article, they said there's gloomy speculation about the measures management may take to make the company profitable, which subreddits might be banned, how much users might have to pay to post. And they're also offering shares, so part of their plan with the IPO is like, to offer the most, uh, you know, influential users, the power users, as they're called, uh, the opportunity to buy shares. So not only will you lose all your time on Reddit, but you can also lose your money. Oh, that's um, so nice of them. Yeah, but they figure that if they own shares of the company, they would be less likely to protest and shut down subreddits or do anything to make the company unprofitable. Oh, so it's like the Capos, the Jewish Capos. Mm -hmm. Or in German, the Funktionschaftling. I don't know if there's a one-to-one correlation between those. (laughs) I think they're just trying to keep the the users family-friendly. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, my main use for Reddit is like, is this bug a bed bug? (laughs) The bugs subreddit forum and like going through a total paranoid episode and three people there, one of which is an entomologist saying that is an ant. Or yeah, what is this plant is really fun. What is your main use? Definitely um, when a show or movie ends. In fact, the nanosecond that it ends, I go find the subreddit and try to find uh, people saying the things that I'm thinking to, to try to confirm my opinions about the show. Your feelings on the show or like what you think happened to the characters? If there's a cliffhanger, yes, speculation. But usually it's even more mundane than that. I want to read my opinions. Yeah. I'll scroll yeah. until I find my You don't want to write them. You don't, you're not no, an active. I just want to feel comfortable with the knowledge that someone else had the same thoughts as me. Or like plot holes. Oh, that is, no, I take it back. My main use case for Reddit is for sure when I notice a plot hole in a show or something. Um, I like to go to the Reddit and see what other if people. If anyone else has it. noticed it, yeah, and, and then like, I'll I'm not and then the I'll person. upvote their thing, and then I'll mm-hmm. and then I'll feel fine. But then if I don't find someone who noticed it, I'm like in a manic state until I do. I need it like to be me validated. with the ant. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, do I have an infestation? Talk to me about this social media engagement bait. What do you mean by that? I what comes to mind is that I think it's a video I sent you. i'm like can "Can you believe this it it was like a cooking video where it's like a woman like is uh first roasting chicken then she's shredding the chicken you're like oh tacos and then it's just like every step of the video you didn't see coming Mm -hmm. it's like the most suspenseful cooking video dude you would fall for bait I always fall for bait. That's why I, I can't stand Twitter anymore cute. because it's I just like honestly, it's heartwarming. They're preying on your human instincts, and that's fucked up of them. You didn't do anything wrong there. Don't let them shame you for falling for bait. They shouldn't have been trying to bait you. Yeah, exactly. So next week we're, we're going to talk about some of the problems. I mean, besides Reddit being gutted because of its efforts to be made profitable, like the other thing is we're worried about who controls that information and what are like the barriers and the 
guardrails put on the kind of information that you can find on Reddit. With any, you know, major media platform, there's going to be a degree of the U.S. government, big corporations trying to maintain some form of censorship and control. Reddit ranks 16th in website traffic globally. There's over 2 billion visits per month. It's the ninth most visited website in the United States, right? The bigger you are, the more people you have in your platform, the more the ruling class of the world is going to want to make sure they have a finger in your pie. Is that the right metaphor? Finger in <laughs> work a there? finger in your butt. No. <laughs> That's the right metaphor. And that's what we're going to cover in next week's episode of Cargo Cult. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Naomi signing off. And I'm Michelle. I guess we're doing just first names now. Yeah. Why not? With the rise of anti-Semitism, you know, I don't even feel safe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Bye.